Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 96. Welcome to episode 96. Hope you all are having a great morning, afternoon, or night, wherever you are. I imagine some of you are jogging right now. Some of you are driving in the car. Some of you are getting ready. Some of you are maybe putting this thing on right before you go to bed, filling your mind with scripture and my annoying voice. (laughs) I hope you're doing good. Um, I'm doing well. I'm sitting out here on the front porch. Uh, This place is a continual reminder for me. Um, that I'm not alone in this world. It really is. Uh, I I sit out here every morning, uh, most mornings, and just try to get quiet, slow down a little bit, slow down, listen, be still. You know, that whole be still and know that I am God passage. uh, We've gone through it. I can't remember what episode, but it's in there somewhere. And uh, it it really is a lot easier to talk about, a lot harder to practice. And I've discovered that it's hard to practice, to really slow down. And uh, Mother Teresa has this quote. I love it. It says, um, silence is the language of God. That silence is the language of God. And so sometimes it's about slowing down, you know, and we live in a culture that is constantly on the move. And so I hope, as I've encouraged you over many episodes, that you find a place that you slow down. Maybe this week, 15 minutes. That's my challenge. Take 15 minutes a day, find somewhere, sit and do nothing. Just be present and wait and anticipate that he's going to meet you in that space. I hope you do that. Um, just want to say thank you to all of you who are listening. Uh, those of you who have subscribed and shared, uh, really, really appreciate the support. Also, for those of you who have made donations on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Front Porch Confessional, really appreciate those donations. Those come uh, for those of you who have donated, you know, uh, but I write a weekly blog and then there's little devotionals and there's other uh, different little things that I give based upon the amount of money that you donate per month. I just want to say thank you for those who are continuing to do that. Your support means the world to me. Uh, Psalms 63 verse eight. My soul, just listen to this. This is just... My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. I'll say it again. Psalm 63, 8. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. I remember being in the hospital when Cooper was sick. My son Cooper had leukemia when he was eight years old, and that was a a three-and-a-half-year journey, and at least that first part of treatment, and then you go into where we are now, which is just making sure that he's good and uh, staying cancer-free. I remember being in the hospital room. I, I wish I could have you be there with me. I mean, I wish I could try to do it in Word, but imagine just very sterilized room, neutral colors, except for the couch. The couch was like an electric blue with a red backdrop. I have a huge window that I can oversee the landscape of the Phoenician Valley. And then in the middle of the room is a huge bed 
And there my little kid, my little son, who barely takes up an eighth of the bed, is sitting there with all these things hooked up to him. And he had this one bag of chemo. Um, It was just, it, it looked like a bag full of yellow Gatorade. It was called methotrexate. And this was a horrible, horrible chemotherapy. And so when he, we had to go in for a week every time he would do it. And sometimes it would, we'd end up being in there even longer. And I remember sitting on the couch one night and he had fallen asleep. So the lights are really low. I've got an iPad because I'm trying to check out. I'm watching some kind of stupid show just to kind of take my mind off of it. And I remember looking over at him and I remember all the feelings that I had had inside. And at that time I was still learning how to feel, but all the feels kind of bubbled up and got stuck in my throat. Have you ever had that happen? I had no words, and I just started to weep. And I remember just feeling the presence of God. I, 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 I can't describe it to you. I just, it, I felt him near. I felt his comfort. I felt peace. I felt kindness. I felt a warm embrace. Maybe you have sensed that. And here's the reality what this passage is trying to awaken in us is that life is not easy. And and the reality is it's not supposed to be. That's, again, not ever promised to us. That's why we can never look to God and go, how could you? He's like, I, I never said that it was going to be easy. That was somebody pitched that to you and you bought it. And, and, and it's not, I never put that in the, if you will, the brochure. Humans from the beginning of time have worked really, really hard though to figure out a way to make life better. You know, during the enlightenment, the enlightenment period of time was this period of time where we decided we were going to create our own utopia. Like we were going to make a world without disease. Everyone was going to be, you know, wealthy, fat, rich, and happy. And we tried to, and it, it hasn't worked. And it still continues to not work. We have a small little micro thing called COVID-19 that's just wiping out people. Small, insignificant thing that we can't seem as humans to figure out, right? It's, it's, a, it's showing us our frailty, Right. And we've made some really cool advancements, but like the generations of the past, we will still continue to come up short. And so we're stuck. Right. Because for some of us, we've been pitched this lie that we're not going to suffer or endure really difficult things in this world, which is why when bad things happen, it, it's far more difficult. That's why me sitting in a hospital room feels like I don't belong here, right? Like I've towed the line. I've done what you, you should do for the most part. I'm not saying I lived a perfect life, but golly, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, except to Jesus when I was little, got baptized. You know, you go, I went to Christian high school. I went on mission trips. I went to a Christian college. I became a pastor. Like I, I continued to lead people around the world. I led people to, you know, you could just go down the laundry list of whatever Christian thing you can imagine. And here I sit in this hospital room going, what gives? What, this wasn't in the brochure. 
and it's difficult and hard and we're not sure what to do or what to think or how to feel in those periods of time. Maybe that's how you're feeling right now. Maybe you're listening to this in a hospital room and you're like, what is going on? What I love about this psalm is this is penned during David's what they call his wilderness years, which means these are years that he's running from running for his life, literally running for his life. Saul's trying to kill him and murder him. There's been other seasons where Absalom, his son, is trying to come after him. Life has taken a turn and there was a lot of pain and confusion during this period of time. David, during this time, uh, searches his soul. What, what I love with David is he's talking to his soul. When's the last time you talked to your soul? You need some good soul talk. You'll feel like a crazy person. You know, David, you know, if you remember, why so downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. David's a soul talker. That's why I love David. I'm so grateful for him. That's what I feel like I'm doing out here in the front porch. I'm working my butt off to talk to my soul. When's the last time you talked to your soul? Because David is talking about his soul. He's talking about what his soul is doing in the midst of the anguish. And he's searching his souls for his soul for some type of answer. He does a lot. Right? He's doing a lot of soul talking during this period of time. During this period of time, he's reaching out. He's trying to figure out what's up and what's down. And what was promised to him was to be the king. And here he is running for his life. He's like, this isn't how it should be. Like I was the most victorious warrior. I killed Goliath. And here I am running for my life. I should be king. What is going on? And what I found about myself, and maybe I've, found about, out about a lot of you. I don't know you personally, but what I found about a lot about you is that we don't pay much attention to our souls. We don't pay much attention to our souls. We find that so often our time is better served in other places until everything around us falls apart. And here's the interesting thing. Our souls are influencing it all. But because we are unaware of that, it makes the pain and the problem that much more severe. David is asking God for soul care. God, my soul is aching. My soul is aching. He's going, my soul is trying to cling to you. Right? It's clinging to you. You're the firm foundation. You're the only thing I know what to hold on right now because everything else feels chaotic. Everything else feels so confusing. Everything else is so hurtful. My soul clings to you. And then he looks to the right hand. Your right hand, that powerful hand, it upholds me. It's like a hand reaching in the ice if somebody's broken through and it's pulling you up going, I got you and I won't let go. Go. I won't let go of you. I love you and I care about you. You see, your soul and your understanding of the right hand of God can be some of the deepest things about you. He is meeting you 
wherever you are, in your pain, in your hurt, and your distress, and he wants to care for you. David professes that his soul is latching on to God for help. So how do we live out of our souls? How do we discover the right hand of God that upholds us in really hard and confusing times? We have to slow down. That's why I talked about, as we started this podcast, slow down. Pray. Just pray honest prayers. Don't fake it with God. You know, right? You know when you're faking it. You know when you're going through the routine. God, you're so good. You're wonderful. Everything's great. I just pray you be with my friends. I pray you be with my kids and my family. I pray you keep my good job secure. Thank you for my... You're like, it's just this on auto repeat. No, no, no. Dig in. Give him that soul talk. God, I'm in anguish. I'm hurting and I'm confused and I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do. Soul talk. This is what David's doing. This is what he leads us. Repent. Father, my, my eyes are focused too much on the things of this earth and I, I, I'm not seeing you. As we, we talked about in episode 96, that the fears have distracted us from the perfect love that casts out those fears. Like we're missing it because our, our minds and our eyes and our hearts and our souls are too tethered to this earth instead of releasing them into the hand of the Father. And so we repent. Father, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the, the sin of fear. Give me the, forgive me of the sin of anxiety that's taking my eyes off of you. I want to turn and cling to you. I want to be held up by your right hand and I'm missing it and I'm not seeing it. I want to return to you. And here's what I would say. Repeat. Slow down. Pray. Repent. Repeat. Slow down. Pray. Repent. Repeat. And I would probably throw worship in there. Worship is a great way to posture your heart, to remind yourself of all that he has done for you and how he loves you and how he cares for you. Because what impacts your soul will impact your life. What impacts your soul will impact your life. So how are you caring for your soul? How do you sense the right hand of God holding you up? Father, you are not only king of our hearts, but you are the creator of our souls. Meet us in that place and direct and comfort us for your glory and your honor so that we can really see and cling to your right hand and your comfort and your guidance. So, Take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heartbeat. Until next time.